Thank you for joining Associated Luxury Hotels International for this episode of Beyond the Meeting Room. Beyond the Meeting Room is hosted by Alhai's president and CEO, Michael Dominguez. Each episode, Alhai shares candid conversations on a variety of topics to enhance your personal and professional life. We are joined by Preet Shandy, a trailblazer who is known as the ninth woman in history to ski solo to the South Pole and the first woman of color to complete a solo expedition on the continent. Also known as Polar Preet, she shares stories of her two challenging yet inspiring journeys for completing a combined 1,622-mile solo journey in the Arctic. In her conversation with Mike, she discusses encouraging others to push past their boundaries, believe in themselves, and discusses what it takes to achieve goals. Her motto is when, not if, and anything is possible. Well, Preet, thank you for joining us on Beyond the Meeting Room, uh, our podcast, because I am really excited to have this conversation because I just was with you literally just a few days ago in another part of the world. But thank you for blessing us with your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And this is great. We uh, we spoke on Monday and now it's Friday. So I like how it's gone through the week. <laughs> <laughs> for I can tell you it's the first time uh, that we've had a podcast that literally is in the same week of me meeting somebody, which is uh, really kind of fun <laughs> yeah. uh, because it's fresh. But I, you know, I, I've said this earlier that, you know, one of the things I love about our industry is exactly this. Yeah. We get to meet people from different parts of the world and different parts of life. And um, it's it's why I think our industry is so our travel is probably the most rewarding thing we can do because because of that, you know, and, and what we get to take away. So we're, we're we're blessed to be able to introduce you to our community here at Alhai. It's a it's very much a community and a family. Um, and I, I know that there, there will be some great lessons that will be taken away just from having this dialogue for many people that are listening to us. So thank you. Oh, no, I love that. I, for me, it's really important to like, you know, liaise with people who have those kind of same values as me. And like when you meet those people, like wherever people are from in the world, you just connect. And I love that. And it's amazing because, it, you know, it could be people who you wouldn't have met just day to day. And that's the amazing thing about travel as well. You meet so many incredible people. Yeah, I, I, I've always said, and it might be a little naive on my part, but I think uh, travel is the greatest weapon we have in fighting bigotry and racism and ignorance in the world. Because the more you travel, the more you experience different cultures, the more you understand. And and I think travel just breaks through those barriers. And people that are very shallow in their thinking, I think, just need to expand their world to really understand that. 100%. And it's so great meaning people from different cultures and learning. And I think that's, that's a great thing. You're always learning, no matter how much you know, how much you've done, you are always still learning and to have that openness and be able to connect with other people on different levels is, is really incredible. Yeah, you know, I, I started in the food and beverage business on the hotel side, and we used to always laugh with the Europeans that like our coffee was never strong enough. Like we, we have just regular coffee that we put in the big pots. And yeah, it's not the espresso machine that's going to have some high powered coffee, no matter where you put milk or whatever you're in. it. And it's so funny because when I go to Europe, I just can't wait to get home and get my own regular <laughs> cup of coffee because it's like, it's so strong <laughs> for me in Europe. I, that's a learning. I completely understand the other side of it because I was really young when I was running restaurants and the Europeans were coming in and never quite understood how our coffee wasn't strong enough. I now get it. I completely get it because when I get home, it's like, okay, I got my own regular 
weak cup of coffee <laughs> that I can have in the morning. <laughs> but it's what, you know, those look it's those luxuries, isn't it? Like I love like my well, I love I love a can of Coke Zero. I yeah. love like a good hot chocolate. And it's those things that you look forward to. And it's just amazing when you get them. Uh yeah. Well, yeah, you know, let's start, Pete, for those that don't know you. Um, uh, fr first, your nickname, Polar Pete. Uh, Pete. That that really kind of tells us exactly uh, where you're at. But, you know, we, we got to learn about um, what you did that is just, I mean, it, it was kind of, for me, not, not only inspiring, but uh, sitting there a little bit in awe because of the mental toughness it took to be able to get through what you did. But Please, please explain to the audience that didn't get the benefit of hearing about your journey, but in a nutshell, what, what you've accomplished and what you've done as far as your expedition. Of course. So I wanted to do something big a few years ago. Somebody mentioned Antarctica and I thought, don't know anything about it. That That's where it started. That was the appeal to me. How amazing would it be to go and do something that I didn't know anything about to show you that you know, no matter where we're from, what we look like, our start line, we can go and achieve anything. So I went on Google, typed in, how do you get to Antarctica? And three years later, I've completed two um, big expeditions in Antarctica. One was a solo unsupported, meaning I'm on my own, carrying all of my kit and equipment with me on a sled uh, to the South Pole. That was 40 days. And then I went back less than a year later and did a 70 day expedition, solo and unsupported, carrying my uh, the starting weight of my sled was 120 kilograms. So pretty heavy. Um, and that was 922 miles. And I, I gained two world records from that last trip. Um, and it's it's been an incredible journey. Like I've learned so much about myself throughout the journey. It was tough, really tough. Um, the first trip. The 40 days, I remember enjoying parts of it. The second trip, the 70 days, <laughs> I didn't enjoy a single day on the ice. It was hard work. I didn't make my end goal. Um, I wanted to do a crossing. I was about 100 miles off. But, right. you know, it, it's so much beauty within that. And there's so much I learned from that. And even if I knew I wasn't going to make that end goal every time, I would still do that a hundred times yeah. over. <laughs> but Pre, you said something that stuck with me is that you said you need to readjust your goal yeah. and mentally that you have to rethink that. And I don't think enough people do that in, in their own life and in their own business that, you know, we, we see it as failure, but, you know, I, I, I listen to you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know in, in measurement in, in my mind, I don't understand it completely about what that goal really was. And what you miss, all I know is you have a world record and, mm -hmm. and, and you're sitting there, which means you've done something that nobody else has done. You know, you, you, there's only one person in the world that's done that. And there's no way to feel like a failure if you readjust your goal. hundred you know? percent. And I think that the thing is, if you focus purely on that one goal you had, if you do not meet that goal, that could destroy you. That, you know, if your mind is set only on this one thing, and that could have easily destroyed you, you know, I, I didn't make it. And you have to look broader than that. It is okay to change the goalpost. Sometimes you need to change the goalpost. And also that is life. And imagine if you reached every single one of your goals and have never failed at anything. Imagine when that time comes, that could knock you really far back. Um, it's good to experience failure, you know, it's good to be rejected sometimes and work through that. Okay, what does this mean? You know, the first time I wanted to do a crossing of Antarctica, they rejected my application because I didn't have enough experience. Could have stopped right there. Well, they told me I can't go. What was the, <laughs> <laughs> what, 
what was the reason I don't have enough experience? Okay, I'm going to create phase one. Did phase one, 40 days, came back, and then it was accepted. So actually, it just presented a different opportunity. Yeah, yeah I, I I always have, it's, it's my own personal saying uh, that I've had for years with my teams is like failure is part of the process. And, and, and I'm a firm believer in that. And from a business perspective, you know, I, I've never accomplished anything physically like, like you've done uh, mentally when we're building organizations. But, and that's why I mentioned this earlier. It's the mental toughness that that took that it, it just, it, it is the inspiring part to me because I know there are moments where you're just like, I'm ready to quit and you push through it and you know there are a couple of things that i took away that i want to talk about that were really cool because i i I, my brain starts going how i relate that to our business life and our journey and what we're experiencing and sometimes completely feeling alone and i know it was a solo journey but there must have been 30 times you mentioned your team that you checked in because we can't do anything alone even if it's a solo journey 100%. And, you know, this was always about so much more than me. I had a school competition uh, run. I had their logos on the sled with me. And, you know, I remember in tough moments, I'd look back at those logos and they were amazing to have with me. And yes, it was it was mentally very tough, but we all go through tough times. You know, we all go through those tough times. And I think you make decisions uh, uh, in those moments do I want to keep going? And people will say, I can't. And sometimes maybe there's a point you're so burnt out, you can, you think you cannot do more. Usually you probably can give a little bit more. Now, of course, in usual day day to day life, you don't want to go to that point where you're burning out. But on the ice, I thought to myself, this is the time. If you're ever going to do it, this is the time when, when you're here already. And in the darkest moments I had, it was like a mental prison sometimes. And I couldn't figure out how to get my mind away from it. But in the darkest moments, all I did was put one foot in front of the other. I put my left foot forward and then my right foot forward. And I kept doing that. So even then an hour later, when I'm thinking to myself, I'm still mentally in the same place. Actually, I'm not I'm not even physically in the same place. I've moved. I've been going for an hour. Um, and, and that is really powerful. And I think we can do it. Consistency is so, so important. You know, people will always put things off like, oh, I'll start my gym routine on a Monday or I'm going to start, you know, doing things on the 1st of January. Don't wait. Don't you know why start on the Monday? It's another way to procrastinate. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes, you know, we all do that. We all um, get into those habits, but there's no reason to wait. Start now. What's holding you back from from starting? I'm not going to say it's easy because it's never easy. Yeah. And I'm not going to say you're going to be motivated to do it because, you know, if you're motivated to do it, it's easier, but you're not always motivated. And even when you're not motivated to do it, you just keep going. You put one foot in front of the other. You do the first thing you need to do. It might be write it in the notes of your phone. It might be writing it on a piece of paper. It might be telling somebody But that one thing it moves you in the right direction. And it's so much more powerful than you could believe. Yeah, there's a quote by Denzel Washington, uh, the actor that you you yes, said. Yes, I love it. Denzel. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. And and I tell people he is probably one of my favorite philosophers yes. in the world because if you follow him and his thought process, he's just a really methodical and balanced individual. And one of the the, the quote he has, and our team has seen it often: "Without commitment, you'll never start, and without consistency, you'll never finish." Yeah. 
And that's, you said the consistency and that that's what popped into my head because it is true. We get started, but you got to be consistent to be able to finish it. And, and then the, the other piece you, you mentioned, you, you've probably seen it or read it. There's a book called the, uh, the horse, the boy, the fox and the mole. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's a children's book of all yeah. things, but Apple just released a, you know, literally an animated movie uh, around the book. And it's a real simple read. And I've been giving it uh, to clients of ours because I think the messaging is just beautiful in certain pieces. But there's the one piece where the boy and the horse, they're in the front of the woods and the boy says, I can't see my way through. And the horse says, but do you see your next step? And the boy says, yes. And he goes, then just take that. You know, that we, we, we're so far, so, so many times trying to look through the way. And that's what you just described. Yeah. Like all, because I know I saw a video. You couldn't see in the woods. <laughs> you couldn't see in front of you. All you could see was your next step or that's yeah. the only thing you could take. And I, I think that's what holds us back sometimes. We, we get overwhelmed with the goal versus understanding all I got to do is keep taking the step and have that commitment to it. hundred percent. And the thing is, sometimes you're in this tunnel, you know, it's this dark tunnel and you can't see the light at the end, but it is there. That light is there and it might be dim. You know, I've been there. I've been in those points where really dark moments and that light is, is so, so dim. And you wonder, is it even there? And I think that's why it's so important to have the short-term goals as well. So for me, it wasn't, oh, you know, my end point is a couple of hundred miles away. It right. was okay. 20 miles, another 20 miles. And those those short goalposts are so important. So, you know, it feels like you are still achieving something when you get to those. And actually, you know, you can't control external things. You can't control budgets. I couldn't control the weather around me. Um, so, but you can control internal things. So how are you going to deal with that? And yes, everybody complains. I got, you know, really frustrated at times on the ice, but I'd have to remind myself that I'm wasting energy here. I'm wasting energy worrying about these things that I cannot control. So, you know, why focus on them? It's not going to help me in the long term at all or the short term. So let's focus on those internal things. What can I control? What can I do about this? You know, it's funny because if you'll tell somebody like they were first to meet you and they know you hold the world's record and you've done this, they must they, they just think like. God, she just she, she just went through this without the issue. And I what stood out to me is when you talked about breaking down in tears. Yeah. Because your sled kept tipping over. And every time you tried to put it back, it would tip over again. But you talked about that moment of breaking down. And I thought that was so critical for all of us hearing it because you're you're talking about, look, I had my moments of weakness where it's like, oh, or frustration is probably the right word. You were just saying give me a break <laughs> just a little bit yeah. of a break please and, and <laughs> I, I think it's important to be honest because so many times we see people in these positions and you know we put people on pedestals and it's like oh they're amazing they you know they walked through I'm you know and then people think well I'm finding things really difficult so I can't reach that whereas actually in reality everybody has those tough moments you know everyone right. has those moments when they're in that dark tunnel and that is okay what matters there is how are you going to deal with that? Are you going to get up and train and be consistent the next day and stay committed? Are you going to keep doing it? Because those are the people that, you know, will probably grow and move forward. Um, and depending, and you can, it can be so broad, you know, obviously I'm in the adventure space, but I use it with everything, um, you know, even within the military as well. I've been put out of my comfort zone many, many times <laughs> on, 
on on exercise and I remember at like 19 and it's it's raining pouring it down with rain I'm outside miserable so tired I'm like why am I here you know it's so miserable but we were there together in a team and there's something quite fun and you know you make those connections with people like no matter how rubbish this is it's rubbish and we're together and those bonded moments, you then, you know, there's friends that I have through the military that I've kept for years and years because we have those shared moments. So right. I think it's so important to put yourself out of your comfort zone because then my comfort zone got bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, well, I've done that now. You know, it kind of becomes your norm and we create our own norm, right? That can be anything we want it to be, which is so incredible. I love that because it's a, how do you change being uncomfortable? Make your comfort zone bigger. And, and then you're not as uncomfortable in yeah. many things. And, and that is so true because it is the first time you do something yeah. that there's that little bit of anticipation, nervousness, scare, scariness of, can I do it? And then once you've done it, you're like, it's okay. And exactly. I, I love seeing the world through a child's eyes. And, you know, I, I have a, a new granddaughter and she's yeah. only, she's only like 14 months old. And yeah. You know, but like the first time in these little, there's these little indoor playgrounds where you take her down the slide and you see her eyes lit up like she doesn't know what to think about this because they're going <laughs> a little fast and she look a little nervous, but then you're ready to go again. Yeah. And and that's when you realize, like, okay, I did it. I, 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 it was scary for her the first time. And then she realized what it was. And once she knew what it was, she was ready to go again. And I take little lessons in life that way that you know those scary moments you just got to do it and once you've done it it's a little less scary doesn't make it better <laughs> it just means it's less scary 100 and we encourage kids to do it all the time yeah or they, we are always encouraging kids to push out of their comfort zone so when do we stop at what point do we say oh that's not for us uh, because it's you know you see this a lot people stop pushing out of their comfort zones and what age or you know what point in our life does that come why do we stop why do we think no we you know we've got everything we need and you know obviously it's great to stay in that comfort zone it's cozy but it's it's amazing to come out of it and I think like you said with travel like meeting different people and growing you know you grow so much when you come out of that and I think if you want to realize what you're capable of I mean that is incredible like getting to the south pole for me i remember standing there the first time and i thought wow somebody like me has gotten here this is unreal the person that didn't even know if there were polar bears in antarctica a few years ago i didn't know anything and i'm not exaggerating um and i thought i actually got here this is like unbelievable i have to go back and tell everybody that you know they really can go and do anything and then i went back again <laughs> and it's it's I think, you know, so many people will say to you, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I think often people will project their own fears onto you or sometimes their own insecurities yeah. or, you know, people only tell you what they know. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, so it's I think if you really want to know what you are capable of, only you can you will know that deep down inside. And maybe you don't know that. But even if you don't and you don't believe in yourself, that is OK. Take the first step. Well, I, I think that's really something you said is powerful is we should be very protective of the voices that we let in. Yes. Because I don't have a lot of people that tell me I can't do something. They may tell me, oh, here are the things you should think about as you're doing that. But they didn't say I couldn't do it. And, you know, I, I, I would be I'd be one of those reminding everybody, if you have a lot of people telling you you can't do something, you need to find some other people. Yeah. <laughs> people that are going to support you and say let's go for it 
and let's figure out how you do it. And I, I something you just said stuck with me. I, I'm curious. There's 8 billion people on the planet. There's probably no more than a few hundred that have ever stepped where you stepped, right? I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's do you an, think about that? It, 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 honestly, it was just standing there. And it's just like, wow. And I remember getting there the first time. It was it was a really calm day. So, you know, generally Antarctica is very, very windy. And it was just a very calm day. And it was and it was quiet. And I'm stood at the South Pole and I was looking around like, wow, this is um, this is really something else. And then getting there, I thought, if I can do this, what else can I do? What else am I capable of? You know, dream big. <laughs> just you know and even if, if you don't reach that just imagine what else you could reach you know to get there and, and I was the first woman of color to do a solo expedition on the continent that was huge for me I, you know I, I came back and I saw little girls dressing up as me and it was just it, it it is a feeling I can't really describe that was the top you know to see that to see young people believing that they could go and do something that they maybe didn't think they could before because you know people told me you don't look like a polar explorer um and you know this probably isn't the, the right thing for you <laughs> because they they probably hadn't seen anybody that looks like me doing something like that um and it's yeah it's, it's an amazing position to be in uh to be able to go and do that and to be able to encourage young people and say you know you can go and do anything not just young people but people from all different backgrounds um, to, to believe, to believe in themselves. And even if they don't believe in themselves, that is okay. Keep going. That will come. Yeah. Preet, Pre, you, you showed pictures when you started about, you, you started a website and Instagram pages and, and basically you're like, okay, I, I've never even been in the snow. Like here, I'm putting these pictures up. Like you're this explorer. Yeah. Was part of that, did part of that help you mentally? to say that that's kind of like your own vision board yeah you know I think it did uh, I think it did because I googled polar explorer and everybody's got these jackets with the fur rough you know the hood on <laughs> so I'm like okay I think I feel I felt like I needed that photo I needed my image so you know I went uh around London found the cheapest jacket I could find flew to Iceland you know um went on the the ice cell just walking nothing else first time I'd ever been in a, on a glacier in my life just booked with a guide online took the photos um, on my iPhone, so took a selfie and then used those photos. And I love that I, I, you know, used those because I didn't know anything about Antarctica at that point. And at the end of the day, everybody starts somewhere. Like every, yeah. every person has started somewhere. Nobody is born with all the experience and, you know, I, yeah, everybody starts somewhere. So don't be afraid of that. Um, and I, I know that sometimes there's a pressure to, you know, feel like you need to come from the same path as everybody else. For example, when people would ask me if I was inspired by Shackleton, I would say, yeah, I was, you know, not knowing his story, not knowing anything <laughs> about him, because I felt pre that pressure, I need to, you know, have that same background, otherwise people maybe won't take me seriously. Um, right. And then I decided that actually just be true to yourself. And you know, told the truth and said, actually, I, you know, not really for me that I was inspired by wanting to push my boundaries um, and inspire others to push theirs and just being honest about it, you know, being honest yeah. about the difficulties to get there, but also like how much you can gain from it as well. The reward is, is incredible. And, you know, like with so many things, it's risk versus reward, right? Of course there are risks. Um, there's always going to be risks. Um, is it worth that reward at the end? 
yeah, not even just at the end, but throughout. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know it's funny because and and I know you you're not going to answer this because I asked you then and I don't expect <laughs> you to. But it's interesting because when you said you said something a minute ago, when you accomplish something, you're saying what what else can I do? Because yeah. then that was my, my next natural question is like what's next? And for everyone on the podcast, stay tuned, it's coming. <laughs> um, but the reason I would even ask that question of someone like you because I would assume that you would be saying wow, if I've done that, here's what else I want to do or I yeah. think I can yeah. do. And and I think that's interesting that everything becomes a bridge to something else. It's like that now yeah. I, I push yeah. myself a little bit further, you know? Yeah, but you know what's funny? I came back from this trip in January. I had a few injuries and I thought to myself, ah, you know, I just need a break. I, yeah. you know, I want to relax. I want to spend time with family and friends and because you're so, you know, I had a full-time job. I'm training in all my spare time. It's a lot. It's intense. And what's interesting is, you know, I've had the break and then you almost miss it. You miss that discipline in the training. And, you know, sometimes actually that's the goal. You know what? It's it's great to sure I've had the break. And then sometimes you come out and you're like, actually, it's not all that. You know, I, yeah. I, I love that 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 training, that discipline. There's there's joy in that as well. Um, so it's it's funny kind of going back into that. I'm like, oh, I have missed this. It's it's good to, it feels good to train and to have that consistency, you know, each day you're you're training, you're getting stronger and you're working towards something. Yeah, you know, it's funny because from a business perspective, not a not an athletic perspective, I always tell people I love the grind. Yeah. E even today, even though I've been doing this a long time, I still love the grind. Yeah. And if I if I didn't have the grind, I'd be bored. Yes. And and that's always been a challenge for me because it didn't matter what role I had. It's like I only know one way to do it, and it's yeah. to be in the thick of it. Um, that's how I was with you in Budapest, and then in Chicago by Wednesday, and then back in the office with this on Friday. But that's the grind that gets keeps me going. And you, you and you and I talked briefly about something when when we were. Um, together there and we were about to take questions something you said that stood out with me it's not only the goal it's not the grind it's not how hard you drive it's the commitment it's you said about recovery and how important recovery is can you talk a little to that because I, I think that's something people forget you, you you can drive really hard but you've got to be able to know you have your recovery time as well 100% I needed that time I came back, I had an injury called polar thigh on my leg, uh, which is like severe chillblain. I had to have surgery in February. I had a lot of neck pain, you know, marks all over my face. And I lost 20 kilograms in weight. I was frail. Uh, so, you know, fat and muscle as well. And I needed that time, not just physically, but mentally as well. Right. I was drained. You know, I would do an interview and I'm happy to smile and talk about things. But afterwards, I felt absolutely exhausted um and even with I remember the um the world record certificates coming I didn't open them for about a month they just sat in their box one of my friends joked to me that she's never going to buy me flowers because she popped over and um I, I'd receive flowers they come in the box and the boxes were just unopened <laughs> and it just you know I I it was it was tough it was tough coming back and so like I'm not the most patient person with myself at all I have a very active mind and and that's hard because it's so like you need to be patient with yourself and I remember thinking you know why why am I not feeling normal yet I've been back a month I've been back two months why am I not, <laughs> why am I not there and I bought like an adult coloring book and things to try and like relax my mind I, and I I struggled to do it I struggled to to relax my mind so finding the thing for you is important but then having had that time 
now I feel so much better. I feel better than I have done training for both the previous expeditions, to be honest with you. Um, and, and you need it, like I said, not just physically, but mentally as well. So I put my weight back on, I got stronger. But mentally, when you go to some dark places, I think it's okay, coming out of that, how how did I do? And it's, it's hard to go back to that. It's hard to psychologically think about your tough times because why do you want to do that? Why do you want to put yourself through that? But if you only use distraction and you don't deal with the issues, then it's probably going to come back. Um, and it's it's easy to distract yourself. You know, whenever I'm in a dark moment, that's what I'll do. I'll try and distract myself with other things. On the ice, when I was on my own, it was difficult to distract myself. So I thought, how am I going to deal with this now? Uh, and recently I started speaking to somebody professionally about it, about how, you know, I, yeah, going back really, like what the issues are in the first place what's taking me to those dark places and and dealing kind of with that root cause rather than you know brushing over it yeah we we tend to do that we tend yeah. to just push through it and not deal with it yeah. and yet you know you, you said something about hallucinating yes when yeah. <laughs> you were out there and that that's common by the way in the hallucinations you know I, it, it's interesting because like i said when you're speaking my head starts going like how do i how do I compare that and, and how does that fit into our pockets? And, you know, I, I think about in in our business life when I see some of our team members and sometimes it's in the most stressful moments, what they're hearing isn't necessarily what's being said. And that's my own version of their hallucination because they're so stressed out, because there's so much pressure. You know, sometimes I think we imagine what we're hearing versus really listening. And, and, and I, I tell people often, I can only control what I say. I can't control what you hear, yeah. you know, because you're going to hear it depending on your emotions a little bit differently at some time. But can you talk to the hallucinations? Because that really stuck yeah. with me because I, I, I kind of compared it. We're not hallucinating, but I do think we hear it differently when we're in those really weird moments, you know? Oh, definitely. Like, I, even like when I'm on the ice, I know when I do my check-in calls with my partner that if he was to tell me something, I know emotionally, I probably wouldn't be able to take it in. Um, and I, I know that, that when I'm on the ice. Um, but I am um, the first trip, I basically decided to push my hours quite a lot. So I was doing over 30 hours at once. And um, I suddenly started hallucinating, but it wasn't, um, I, I kept going. And I thought, for some reason I must have stopped and this was a dream that I couldn't get out of at one point I remember seeing people coming out of the ground they were coming out of the sun I remember sticking my uh, ski pole out to see if anyone would like grab it and suck me into the ground they didn't luckily uh, <laughs> and at, at this point this actually at this point I didn't think I was hallucinating I thought wow nobody's told me that this happens at this right point, at this point like I'm I was like 70 miles from the south pole and I thought oh my like no one said this to me that like, this is what happens here and and then suddenly something switched suddenly I had a little old lady with me I had a dog and we were trying to get to the top of this mountain and I said I really need to go because I need to finish my trip and I was thinking have I done my trip already and, and I know I, I couldn't have done my trip because that memory is not there and I would have that memory that, you know, getting to the pole and I don't have it. So it can't be there. And what I was actually doing was kind of going in circles. I was going back on myself, following my tracks. And I, I could see from the GPS, I, I didn't travel very far at all this day. But it was, yeah, I, I remember touching myself, like touching my shoulders, my legs and thinking to myself, it's not me. I'm not the problem. I've just physically felt my arms and my legs. 
it's not me. Something else is going on here, but I can't figure it out. So the only thing I could think was it must be a dream. And for some reason, I can't wake myself up. So I stopped. I put the tent up, called my partner and asked him what day it was. And as soon as he told me the day, I realized it's me. And I think that's the thing about being on your own there. You know, there's no one to say, yeah, something's happening here. You need to stop. Um, So it's so important to look after yourself. And I was exhausted, uh, physically exhausted and emotionally as well. So then after that, I stopped and I slept, but I had exhausted myself so much. The next day I was so slow. And I think that probably talks to burnout as well. If you get yourself to that position where you're going to be so burnt out that recovery is probably going to be so much longer um, for you to get back to your norm. So actually, do you want to get to that point? And, you know, should we take that time out to just mentally, I think mentally relax could be anything, you know, it could be people meditating, it could be absolutely anything, reading, whatever it is for you. Um, so that when you come, you come back fresh. So you don't get to the point where you're burnout and lose even more time out. And that's essentially what I did. I, I lost not only that day, but the next day I was incredibly slow. I just didn't, I didn't have the energy. I was struggling to, to go at my normal pace. Yeah, I, I think that's so, it, when I heard that message, I mean, we, one was recovery, two is listening to your body, listening to when you need it. And, and I think that is a, that's a tough one for many people. I mean, if you get into a workout regimen, anybody, if you ever have a trainer, they're going to tell you, you don't do weights every day because your body, your muscles have to have time to recover. And I take that into anything we're doing. You, you, you have to have the breaks in between to be able to recover, whatever that looks like. And I loved what you just said, because I think there's too many people that sometimes they're telling you what that looks like, instead of saying whatever that looks like for you. And, and I, I remember, um, you know, back in the past in, in the hotel business, it was a really big thing that there, there were these hotels. When you check in, the thing they're going to do is take your device away. I go, well, nothing will stress me out more than being completely disconnected. Like that doesn't, and that's not the way I work, but yeah. I'm not on my, I, I'm it's not that I'm on my di- device 24 seven, but if I want to look something up, if I want to read something, you know, if, if I'm just curious, it's always there and I'm able to do that. The only thing that would stress me out is not having it because it's almost become an appendage for me, you know, yeah. in that regard. And and the point is that works for me. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. mean it, it doesn't work for everybody else. And there's some people that need their device to be taken away to completely disconnect. And you just said it so eloquently because I, I think that's the important part. It's whatever it is for you, because I think people then overthink that what recovery looks like because they hear I got to be doing yoga or I got to do meditation or no it's whatever works for you (laughs) You I love binge watching stuff on Netflix and I like that because I don't have to think you know I'm not I'm not thinking I'm just I'm just watching and that's okay there's absolutely nothing wrong with that it could be anything um you know I was told oh when I'm on the ice to build a house in my mind to help me and I was like my house would take me three seconds it would look like a three-year-old's drawn it so that won't work for me so different things work for different people even some of the books I was suggested to read some quite um you know serious endurance books and I was like I can't do that I find it really difficult to like maintain that level of concentration so I I love comedy you know I had loads of comedy and it was great and I loved 
when I'm finding something hard, like laughing out loud because of what I'm listening to, is, it was great. And loads of rom-coms as well. So I love I love <laughs> the easy listens. And, you know, I, I love all sorts of books. I love reading. But when I'm doing that physically challenging, I just, yeah, for me, I, I you know, I love having a laugh. I love comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we have similarities because I, to me, nonsense TV. The TV yeah. that I'm not having to think. Yes. And, and that's why I always say it's like if I'm watching a show that's drama, yeah. It's too intense sometimes. I'm having to think. And I, I, that's why I like the comedy stuff. It's just stuff that I'm not going to really have to think about. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, or, or even I'll throw in a John Fl- uh, John Wick flick every now and then because I'm like, yeah. I know what's going to happen. You guys are all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's easy. There's no drama. And yeah. I know John Wick lives because there's four of them. Yeah. So he, he's got to keep coming around. Uh, but but I'm, I'm there with you. I love binging and I love watching things that actually that is my that is my reset because it makes me feel good like I was a huge Ted Lasso fan (gasps) oh my god I love Ted Lasso (laughs) and it's it's funny but it has great and I have told people I think they have some of the best leadership lessons in Ted Lasso if you can really listen to the messaging and you know something as simple as you know the happiest the happiest animal in the world is a goldfish he's always telling them be a goldfish because they have a 20 second memory Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, you've got to get past the failure and know, move on. Yeah. Uh, let's forget about it and move on to the next step. But it, there's all these little brilliant moments in it. And and I say that because when it ended, I'm like, it's ended. What am I, I going to watch? <laughs> I'm so with you. I love like I love a program like that with a few yeah. seasons as well. And it's funny before I go on a trip, I always like I, I have to finish stuff. I need the ending. <laughs> you know, before I'm about to go away for a few months. Um, it, you're, you're right. It was such an amazing show with so many like really important messaging in there yeah. uh, and such wholesome characters. It, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, I, I saw an, uh, an interview with Jason Sadakis and one of the things he said was that he wanted to create a character that, you know, he, he, he said, isn't it neat to have a character that didn't curse, didn't hold anger, was somebody that was just trying to make the world better it's the character he wanted to create because he doesn't think there's enough of that where you know in that first season when Rebecca comes and confesses everything that she hired him for and his only thing is I forgive you and he's like divorce divorce is hard yeah you know that that, he's like that's just a special character that has been created and so um so I actually um I was in a cafe and I, I met Rebecca or Hannah and she was sat there and you know when you just say like, she walked and I was like oh, and um and I was like I really didn't want to disturb her and I you know I just asked if I can have a quick photo and I went over and she was so lovely uh I know sorry I was just gonna go and say hi and I loved her and Ted Lasso and she was just so nice I was like do you mind if I take a quick photo and she said no of course and I, I did get a photo with her but she was uh honestly she was just so so lovely as well and it's just so nice when you you meet people in person you know after you've seen them doing something you're like such such approachable and lovely people that that is fun it it really it really is you know working in the hotel business it's nice because we've gotten to meet a lot of people and see a lot of people not all of them are nice so it's i i I do remind myself it's like you, you take you take full full advantage of what the nice ones to be able to say thank you you yeah, know, because yeah. they're they're just wholesome people saying that's just my job. Yeah, it's just a yeah, character yeah. I'm playing. So because I, I want to meet the the actor that plays Roy Kent because I've seen oh, him yeah. in interviews. Yeah. And <laughs> he he just seems 
so opposite than his character he's just outgoing and bubbly and i mean when you hear him talk it's like wow i really want to go meet him now because yeah. he's not roy ken at all that was real acting I know. you really just want to be friends with their cast don't you like oh i really want to be their friends yeah seriously i i can't wait someday they're, they're gonna have to have outtakes because there's probably some brilliant outtakes you know uh, where they were cracking each other up. Just oh, it just seems like a group of people that enjoyed each other while yeah, it was time. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, but you're you're very much you know. It, okay, we're going we're going Sorry, way yeah. down a rabbit hole, but but it's okay. It's but the point to that is that's where I get my rela relief. It's yeah. my it's my recovery um, on shows like that. And there's, did you ever watch Miss Maisel, the marvelous Miss Maisel on Prime? I haven't, but I'm going to now. <laughs> You've got to watch that yeah. because it is um, it is very much it, it's a co it's comedy yeah. with a lot of drama, but the comedy is brilliant. So Ted Lasso and Marvelous Miss Maisel, the reason I mentioned it, they both ended the season and it was one of those. No, not both of them. Like, <laughs> it was their fifth season of Miss Maisel, uh, but it's brilliant. It's won a lot of awards, but it's the ensemble cast again. It's another one. That is just, and Tony Shalhoub's in it. And I think Tony Shalhoub is just brilliant as an actor. He's the actor that played Monk oh, for yeah. a long period of time. And he's he's just all this chemistry with the father, the mother, the the wife, the daughter, the the Jewish parents. I mean, it's just brilliantly put together. Oh, Bill, um, I'm definitely yeah. going to watch this now. There you are. Well, that, that's my next men mental relaxation it, when I'm watching this. <laughs> that, it, it'll be good. And you're going to love it because it's a female trying to accomplish something that isn't done. Love being that. a female comedian okay. so that that's what i mean it's all about comedy yeah. on the back side of it so yeah you'll love that another another quick story so <laughs> uh, offline i'll send you other recommendations yeah, so. they do. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I wanted to bring up because we talked about it earlier you you mentioned it and i thought it was uh interesting that the the one thing you were craving and the one thing you wanted when you were done was a coke zero and you know yeah i know you have one right now and yeah. <laughs> we talked about it being our vice but talk to that because you, you I, I thought it was fascinating it's like just can i get a coke <laughs> uh, honestly it was it's just i i love coke zero anyway and when you're on the ice you know so i'm having freeze-dried food in the evenings and i've prepped all my food obviously um the food's lovely but obviously i don't have fresh food um the the drinks i'm having you know giving me energy and carbs as i go along can't sadly carry a coke with me and I'm just always craving that can of Coke. And I say it in my blogs, I'm like, you know, I'm gonna have, a, I'm going a step further to my can of Coke and um, getting to the South Pole for the first trip. Again, first drink I always have and always want is a can of Coke. Can of Coke Zero is like right up there. That's my favorite drink. Um, if I can get that, because it's just, yeah, that that fizziness is just incredible. Honestly, I, I yeah, it's my, it's my favorite drink. Like. It's so funny when I come home to Derby, like everybody stocks up on can of Coke Zero for me. <laughs> so like my mum's fridge is full of it. I did a load of school talks um, after the first trip. And because I mentioned Coke Zero so many times on my blog, a lot of schools gifted Coke Zero to me. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Yeah, so I literally, and even when I got back at the airport after my trip, loads of people gave me Coke Zero. <laughs> so, so I fully expect, you know, eventually when I'm walking down the street, people just to hand me like cans of Coke Zero uh, because it's, yeah, it um, really is one of my favorite drinks. Um, love yeah. a can of Coke. <laughs> it, but, it, you know, going back to our, what grounds us, I don't know about you, that grounds me because yeah. we talked about this. I'm a Coke Zero fan. Yes. And and when I have my Coke Zero, it's like during the day I need it somewhere. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and yeah, it is my vice. 
definitely my vice because on certain days I need more than one. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> it is, yeah, it is a Coke Zero. But there is, I, I know what you mean, the fizziness. And when I'm on the road, I, I've never connected this until we were talking. Is that when I'm on the road, I always, every day, have to have my Coke Zero, and I think it's because it grounds me because it's something I do at home. It's kind of my connection yeah. to home. For me, it's something I look forward to. So even like yeah. doing army exercises, I would have cans of Coke Zero in my room. So I knew that I was going to come back to that. Yeah. Um, so we're going out. And so I would bring like when I was in training, I'd bring crates. So if anybody <laughs> wanted a can of Coke, they could come to my room. <laughs> so, so it's, a, it's a treat, you know, like I, you know, when I'm away and I'm doing training, whatever, I know I'm going to come back to that. So yeah, <laughs> like my little bit of security and home. Yeah, like home, like you said. Well, yeah, you know, I I was joking when we were together, and and now I'm not joking with everyone listening to the podcast. Is like Coke, Coke Zero needs to, or Coke needs yeah. to sponsor you on your next expedition because it's like yeah, you're out there talking and pitching Coke because yeah. because you're you're a fan of it, you know, yeah. not not just because it's it's a product you actually enjoy it, and it's something that kind of makes it go round. And um, you and I are of the same camp in a lot of different ways yeah. now I'm finding out, which is really good. Uh, but that, that was, I, that was just a, um, a, a piece of your story that made me laugh, laugh, laugh out loud when you said that. Cause I was like, of all things, like, give me a Coke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've done something nobody else in the world has done. Give me a Coke. <laughs> it's funny because when I ask people, what do you think I was craving? They always say, were you craving alcohol? I'm like, nope, just wanted my Coke. <laughs> give, <laughs> give me my Coke and I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, and you know, that's me. Cause it's like, I like my scotch, but yeah. there's sometimes if you gave me the choice between the two, I was like, I'll take a, I'll take my Coke zero and I'm good to go. Uh, yeah. Know? So I, I do like gin, but I'm the same. Yeah. If you give me Coke zero, <laughs> I'd be good to go as well. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so tell me between, I, I know, I know there will be something that's next, but when there's not anything that you're hardcore training for, yeah. you know, with, with that goal in mind, what's your training regimen look like normally? I mean, do you just try to keep yourself in shape knowing that there's something else coming down the road or what does that look like today? Yeah, it's interesting. I went back into training before I knew what I was going to do because I missed yeah. it. You know, I I, I oh, miss wow. that. I miss the grind. So I, you know, I was like, well, I need to rehab and I miss going, like going to the gym and working out and just being outside. Honestly, I think being outside for me gives me something like just wellness. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it makes me feel good, to be honest. And I feel like I'm just getting started. And that is so exciting. Um, for me, I want to work with, you know, people, companies that, that, you know we share values with. so for example like you said I love Coke Zero so that'd be amazing because it's something I enjoy anyway but for me I I like going out and doing something every day and it doesn't have to be a super hard session you know right. for an easier day maybe I will just go for a walk obviously on other days I will drag tires around <laughs> um, <laughs> as part of my training and you know training to get stronger it has been very up and down because I go on a trip I come back for a trip, which is where I'm recovering a little bit. And then I've gone on a trip. So there has been that circle, but I think it's always good to have something. Um, and, you know, this can, it doesn't have to just go out to the people who want to train all the time. You know, the person who wants to do the, co uh, the couch to 5k, that's okay. You know, take that first step off the couch. And you know what, once you've done that, well done, because that is hard. It's hard to get off that couch, I know. Yeah. Um, but you can do it. Just take that first step off the couch, stand up, 
head outside even if you go for a walk that is you know 10 minute walk 20 minute walk whatever it is you do um i think that's really important taking that first step yeah you remind me there's this wonderful speech i love of matthew mcconaughey the actor yes, and, yes. and he he told the speech when he was um when he was winning an award and he talked about you know that you know somebody asked him who's his hero and he said, and it's me in 10 years. And he was in his 20s. And he said, and then that time came and somebody came and said, so are you here? He goes, not even close. And he goes, my hero's me 10 years from now. And it's when you, when you said, I'm just getting started, that pops into my head. <laughs> because I think that's you. Because he said, his his point was, we always have need something to chase. And he's chasing his hero that's always 10 years ahead. That's what kind of keeps him going. And when you said that. That, that, that's what popped into my head is <laughs> I, like, you're chasing your hero freak. 100% I feel like all these quotes are gonna have to come back and forward I feel like there's so many things we could relate on there's um <laughs> there's a poet I love Rupi Kaur who talks about wanting to make that mountain a little bit higher you know all right. these women have made so many sacrifices before us and that's what I think I mean when I say or what I do mean when I say it's about so much more than me if I can make that mountain just a little bit taller for you know people anyone else uh, who comes after me and it doesn't mean you know they're younger older whatever age that is beyond powerful at the end of the day you know I am here for however many more years and then the next generation will come the next generation will come and I want to leave something that's that's lasting I want to really be able to yeah be relatable somebody said to me you know how do you want to be remembered and I said I want to be relatable um yes I want to inspire people and people will do that in different ways but I want people to think Oh, well, she's done something like that. Maybe I could, I could do something because she found it hard. I'm also finding it hard. And and just, yeah, I think that's really important to me. I've learned doing these podcasts that I have to stop on the perfect <laughs> note. And that was the perfect note. It, it was really so well done. And I mean that sincerely that the fact that you want to leave something behind that's inspiring um, is inspiring in itself. So Thank you. And thank you for taking the time. Thank you for being thank part you. of our family. Um, I've really enjoyed this. And um, I promise to keep in touch because I, I think we'll be trading recommendations on what we should binge. I think so. Thank you, Preet. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Meeting Room, presented by Associated Luxury Hotels International. Alhai is a global sales and marketing organization representing the finest luxury hotels, cruise lines, and destination management companies. For the latest industry news and to see Alhai's robust portfolio, follow us on LinkedIn and check out our website at alhi.com. To learn more about Preet Shandy, please visit www.polarpreet.com. Dot com. That's www.polarpreet.com.